Is it safe to say that the world just seems like it's a mess right now? There are just wars everywhere and protests everywhere and we have the, the natural disaster in Japan, we have what's going on in Libya and Syria and Tunisia and I think half a dozen other countries there that, that we don't even know about some of them. The world's a mess, but Jesus is the answer. And there is an answer and this isn't the end and it's not something to get discouraged about. On Friday, we were out to lunch with one of our, our mission agencies that we support, Partners International, and we were asking about North Africa and some of the situations with Libya and what's going on there, and, and what's interesting is with what's happening in Libya and the war and the rebels and Gaddafi, we're seeing a mass exodus out of Libya. And they're not so much going to Tunisia to the west, but they're going east to Egypt, and what's, what's interesting about that is Partners has some missionaries at the border area of Egypt. And they are reaching people from Libya that they have never been able to reach before. Because Libya is a closed country and a Muslim country. And just little things like that help us to see that God is, is not surprised by this. This is not something that has taken him off guard. But he is in control and he is working to reach people with the gospel. This morning we want to start in a little bit different morning. I'm not sure if we'll even get to Mark. We'll, we'll, we'll try. But we're going to start by talking a little bit about our missions program here and how, how we handle missions at Village. And it's something that about this time every year we talk about because it's a little different. And so for those of you that are regular attenders, this is, this is family business. This is a chance to talk about how do we want to take part in the work that God and Jesus are doing in the world? How can we send? How can we go? For those of you that may be visiting with us this morning, it's just a chance for you to listen and, and see how we do missions and um, how we, we conduct ourselves and show that missions is a priority. When we've talked about missions before, we talked about our, a couple of principles. Our task of reaching the lost is not completed. We're not done. The great, great Commission is not fulfilled yet. It is still our commission. It is still our task. And secondly, we talked about that missions is everyone's responsibility. It's not just something that this half of the room has to do because this half of the room has something else to do. Like, watch the Dodger game. <laughs> what? Basketball still good? No, so, so <laughs> I'm just going to alienate all kinds of sports fans this morning. <laughs> but it's everyone's responsibility because we are called to either send or go or both. John Piper, in one of his quotes, said, you either go, send, or disobey. And so missions is everyone's responsibility in some form because it's the Great Commission. It's Jesus' last words to his disciples, his, his marching orders, his instructions. Reaching the world for Christ is his heart. It's his very heart. In Luke 10, verse 2, we read, He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 2 Timothy 2, 3-5, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 
And we see the desire of God's heart and we see the solution. One man. There is no one like Him. Jesus Christ. So what do we do with that? This morning I'd like to start by looking at a psalm. Psalm 96. And I start there just to refresh our hearts for missions. Refresh our minds with the heart of God. We need reminders from time to time. Another missions quote that I love, and you've heard me use it before, because I just don't get tired of it. Missions exists because worship doesn't. Missions exists because worship doesn't. And the idea is that God's heart is for all nations and all peoples and all tribes to worship Him. That is the goal, to bring Him glory. Because that is the center of all things, to bring glory to God. And as long as there are people and tribes and and nations that do not worship Him, then we must still be about missions. We must still be about missions. Look at Psalm 96 with me. We just want to read it. and, and As I read, I'll just say a few things. We're not going to expand on it. But focus on what God's Word says. We start with just a call to worship of the nations. Verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. Right in those first three verses, do you see how many times His glory is to go to all? The the focus is all the earth. Bless His name. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. It's a call to worship among the nations. Then in verses 4-6, through we have the reason we worship. We come back to the object of our worship and our praise. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Think about the descriptions of God in those three verses. He is great. Greatly to be praised. Feared above all gods, little g. For all the gods of the people are just worthless idols. But the Lord, He made, every, he made everything. He made the heavens. Splendor and majesty. Strength and beauty. See, this psalm gives a call to worship to the nations, but it's a call to understand who God is and how great He is, how majestic, and to praise Him. And then verses 7-10, to 10, it comes back to worship and what our worship should do, what our worship should be about. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. You see the nations again. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. 
Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. And we see four beautiful verses that should focus our worship. We've seen who we worship, the target of our worship, and this is how we worship. By ascribing or bringing Him glory and strength. Giving Him credit for what He's done. And doing that among the nations. In fact, if we don't do that among the nations, we are not bringing Him the glory He deserves. Finally, the last three verses of that psalm sort of ends in a different note. Judgment is coming for those that don't worship. And it's a reminder. It's a reminder that there is a choice to be made and that choice has eternal consequences. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills in it. Fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness. And as He comes to judge those that know Him and those that are following Him and worship Him, there is eternal joy and there is hope and there is salvation. But those verses are there to remind us that for those that haven't heard and those that do not worship and do not follow the Lord, there is eternal judgment. And let no one say anything differently. Because that reminds us of the seriousness. Why are we about missions at Village? One of our core values is outreach, which includes outreach to our local area, the Project Touch, and and our own communities, But the other part of that is missions, our outreach to the world. And it's core to who we are. At Village, we've chosen as part of our sending, and if that is core and if it's that important, for instance, in Psalm 96, then it's something that we place a priority on. And we've chosen to send, and one of the ways that we send to missionaries is by supporting them. It's very difficult for a missionary to go to the field without churches that are are back home supporting financially for food, for plane tickets, for for a number of other reasons. And so it's a way that, that we as a church can support financially, can support with prayer, can support with letters and encouragement. There is nothing like getting a birthday card on your birthday from around the world that says, hey, we love you. We support you. And so at Village, the financial aspect of it, every March, April, we, we talk about, because we, we do handle it a little differently, and we handle it with something called faith promise. Now, many churches may just handle missions right out of their budget, and you give your tithes, and, and it, it's handled, and you don't have to think about it anymore. About 10, 15 years ago, we intentionally made a switch to faith promise, so that way our missions giving is intentional. It's not just a check that we write and something that we ignore, but something that we intentionally say, we are going to support our missionaries. 
And we are going to find ways to send and to reach the world. On the back side of your notes, you see a page on Faith Promise. You're probably already there. Um, First thing is, what is Faith Promise? And I think I've written the definition in there. Faith Promise is giving to missions that is above and beyond my normal tithes or surplus in a regular, committed act of faith responding to God's prompting. That's a mouthful, isn't it? You know, if everyone has that memorized, that'd be great. That's, you know, our boys, we try to memorize Awana sections. And, but it takes more than that. Let me read it again. Faith promise is giving to missions that is above and beyond my normal tithes or surplus in a regular, committed act of faith responding to God's promptings. And each section of that definition gives a little bit of a different idea of why we do faith promise and how we do faith promise. Three points, and we talked about these a year ago, so I'll go through these quickly. First, it is a response to God's prompting. It is a response to God's prompting. It's between you and Him. It's coming to God in prayer and saying, Lord, I I see that You want us to declare You to the nations. I want to be part of it. You tell me what I should do. You tell me what I should give. It is a response to God's prompting. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Second point there is it's, it's to be carried out joyously by faith. It is to be carried out joyously by faith. You've heard me talk about God loves a hilarious giver. Th- that kind of joy that is so excited to give and to be part of that. This morning we were sitting there and I had forgotten to, to give Mark his, his quarter from his allowance that he tithes. And the, the basket came and he's like, Dad, oh no, what my, my tithe? And he was just melting down. Because he loves to give. It's just part of who he is now. And, and, and I pray that that stays a part of who he is. But oh, for us to be childlike. And say, oh, what can I do, God? I can't wait. I'm excited to be part of reaching the nations. See, it's not about a drudgery or something we have to do. It's about reaching the world for Christ. We know that God is able to provide when we give. He will provide for His purposes, for His way. Third point there is it is committed, sacrificial, personal involvement in mission sending. It is committed, sacrificial, personal involvement in mission sending. It's not just money. I'm not up here today just trying to, to make another call for money. There's enough of those out there. But to say, okay, as a family, how are we going to support missions? But it also includes prayer. And every time we give to missions, and, and you see the updates in the worship folder, which there's some today, yet again, almost weekly, and when you hear the missions connections, that's a chance to pray. To remember back when Selvin and Lori shared with us, and to be praying for them and what's going on in their their ministry, to be praying for for Gail Knight who shared last week with us about hope and gave us a glimpse of hope, 
and so many more, Mario and Lancy and the Cools and the Napolis, the Lawrences. Are we committed to them? Moms, dads, when you send your children to college, do you, are you still committed? Now, I know there's a financial investment there. But aren't you committed more than that? In prayer? In letters? Cards? Skype them, maybe? Getting updates? Faith promises those things. In your notes, I put some things that it is not. And last year, we went through those in detail. So I'm just going to leave them in your notes. You can read those. It's not a bill. It's not tithing. It's, it's something different from your normal tithes. It is not only when we have a surplus. It is not dependent on how much you make. It is not limited to a specific age. But the section that I want to spend a little bit more time is why. Why participate? This is the section that last year we skipped. And so, you know, we're just hitting different ones as we talk about faith promise. Why participate in in faith promise? The first and, and most obvious is to work toward reaching the world for Christ. To work toward reaching the world for Christ. To enlarge our missions outreach. Romans 10, verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And do you see it building? Every phrase builds. How can this happen? How can this happen? Someone has to send them. And that is the reason we do faith promise. That is the reason we do missions. It's commanded. God's heart is to reach the world for Him. That's also why we go. Next week, you'll be introduced to the Guatemala team. As we're sending a team down, short term to go. You'll also hear about one of our our own church family that will be going to some of our missionaries for a longer internship. Because going may be more than a week. Going may mean a summer. It may mean a year. And what a way for us as a church to say we are committed to reaching the world for Christ. And I am thrilled and excited to see how we send and to see how we go. So we do it to reach a world for Christ. Secondly, why participate in faith promise? To build our faith as we act in faith and watch God honor faith. Catch all that? A lot of faith words. To build our faith as we act in faith and watch God honor faith. See, as we step out in faith, it may be little steps at first. God, as He honors that, builds our faith again. It's, it's this circular thing. We take a little step in faith. God honors that. We're like, oh, okay, that's what faith looks like. That's really incredible. God is working. And so we take a bigger step of faith. And our faith is built. And so God honors that in a bigger way. And I'm not talking a financial way. Don't don't even go away this morning saying, Pastor Ron said how to get rich. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about how to reach a world for Christ. By all means necessary. And as God, as we take steps to follow the heart of God, God takes steps to reward that by building our faith. As we build our faith, We also build our dependence on God. Our dependence on God. 
we develop a closer, more dependent attitude that relies on Him. How can we be dependent on God if we never step out and trust Him? I have watched God honor faith promise in so many different ways. In ways that people then just used to pour out their support for missions all the more. Whether it be some extra money, whether it be an extra job or rebates that have come in or, or all kinds of things. I know, I know one young lady that her commitment was that all of her, her babysitting money would be used for faith promise. And so she didn't on her card, didn't even put a number. She just said, all of my babysitting money. And that next year, her babysitting jobs exploded. What a coincidence. Or maybe a spirit incident. Because she took a step of faith and God rewarded that. Why participate in faith promise? To have personal, intentional investment in missions. To have personal, intentional investment in missions. People care about what they're invested in, right? Anyone own stocks? A few of you, probably a lot more hands than went up. A lot more people. Isn't it amazing that once you buy a stock, you watch that company a little bit more? It's true for me. I happen to own a little bit of stock in Dr. Pepper. And a little bit of stock in Starbucks. That's for my wife. But I watch those companies more because I'm invested in them. I, I, I'm, I'm more tuned in. And the same is true if we invest in missions and missionaries, I guarantee you'll listen to the news differently. You'll say, wow, that's happening in Libya, but people are going to Egypt. We have people on the ground in Egypt with partners. We actually They have a couple in, in Libya, actually, that um, is secretly working. But see, what we're invested in, where our heart is, our interests follow. And so why participate in Faith Promise? To have a personal, intentional investment in missions. Not just a budget item. Not just a check. Fourth, we participate in Faith Promise to allow God to work on our attitudes. To allow God to work on our attitudes. Joy, blessing, increased ability to give, an attitude of thankfulness. See, it's amazing as we open our hands and realize that that all of our belongings are God's. They are His possession. I'm just a steward of everything I have. Nothing is mine. And as I open my hand and say, okay, God, use it as you will, I am directly dealing with sins such as greed, pride, arrogance. And so one of the byproducts of something like faith promise and our devotion and our commitment to missions is that God is able to work on our attitudes and work on our sin and make us more like himself. And that's not pleasant sometimes. It's not easy. But oh, the joy of of sanctification. And oh, how we look forward to being perfectly sanctified in glory with our Lord and Savior. Fifth reason to participate in faith promise, to increase faithfulness to God's heart. 
to increase faithfulness to God's heart. Matthew 25, 21, after talking about the talents, Jesus is telling this story and he says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. To increase faithfulness to God's heart. Number six is near and dear to my heart. To pass on a faith in Christ and help our children see Christ in a real way. To pass on a faith in Christ and help our children see Christ in a real way. See, our kids especially notice things out of the ordinary. Let me tell you that this weekend. <laughs> they, they, with my wife gone, there's been a lot of things out of the ordinary. And my kids have been very keen to point that out. But they notice things that are out of the ordinary. And when they see you as a, as a father, as a mother, say, you know what, this is our commitment as a family. This may seem a little strange. We're not quite sure how God is going to provide for this, but this is our commitment to missions because it's that important. As you do that, you are, are practically passing on your faith more than almost anything you say. Your actions pass your faith on when your actions are consistent with, with your words. Now, now keep in mind, if that is going to pass on your faith and it is going to help your children see Christ in a real way, you, you have to include them in the process. Secretly doing that, if that's what God has on your heart, that's great. But I encourage moms and dads to get your family, no matter how young your children are or, or old your children are, to get your family together and say, let's do this as a family. This is what we want to do. Dads, that simple statement is exercising spiritual leadership in your home. It's cool. It's awesome when, when fathers step up and do that. But include your children. They may want to fill out their own card. You may want to fill out a card as a family, but let them know that you as a family are committed in this way and you're passing on your faith. Six reasons of why, and I'm sure there's more. But the last section on your notes are how. How do we participate in faith promise? The first is to pray to hear what God would have you do in faith and act on it. It's about His promptings. It's why no one here will ever tell you, oh, this is how much you should give to missions. It's His promptings. And it doesn't matter how much it is. My my goal for us as a congregation is to see as many of us participating as possible. Not to set a dollar amount, but to say, let's do this together. Last year, we had 31 cards come in. And, and you'll see the cards in your worship folder. And, and that's an opportunity to, without your name or anything, say, this is my commitment to faith promise. Last year, we had 31 cards come in, which, which was wonderful. I am amazed at what this last year has done with missions at Village because we've had more cards come in than ever before. We've seen our, our, our missions giving um, switch gears. I know we're a little behind. You saw that in the worship folder um, last week. But instead of the trend going down this last year, it has gone up because of our commitment to missions. 
But my challenge to us as a congregation is last year we had 31 cards. Can we do 62 cards this year? Can we double that? And even if they're a dollar a month, can we do 62 cards to say we as a church really do have a core value to reach the world for Christ and to be part of that? It's something to think about. The next on how, fill out a card. No names, it's just a tool. It helps our missions team budget to know whether we can add missionaries, to know what, how we can support them. Some of our missionaries are fully supported. Some of them have some serious needs right now. It also helps for any of us to make a commitment to give throughout the year. And you've seen this a number of places. People, And the reason we keep bringing it up is because people keep asking, okay, I just started coming to Village this year. How do I give to, to missions? I, I don't understand. And, and you, you do have to specify. And so on your envelope, there's a little um, section for faith promise or for missions. Or online, you, you, ha- you can specify missions either in the memo or in the account. And unless you do that, it doesn't go to missions at all. And so if you make a faith promise, and if you choose to participate and give in that, then you need to specify this is for faith promise. Or this is for missions. Some of you may say, well, I really don't like the cards and I don't want to fill one of those out. That feels a little intrusive. You don't have to fill out a card to participate in Faith Promise. It just helps us plan. Fourth of the how, each month I encourage you to plan your tithing and your Faith Promise first. If you wait and your budget's anything like ours, you won't have money at the end of the month. But to honor God by putting Him first. Fifth, something I've already mentioned, get everyone involved, even in tiny amounts. Teach your children faith. Teach your children faith. For them, maybe it's a quarter a month. I don't know. But I pray that we are instilling in our children a heart for the lost, a heart for those that need Christ. And sixth, look for ways God is providing the money. Expect God to work. He'll work in unexpected ways. He might work by helping us reorder our priorities. He might help in creative ways. But expect God to work. I love the story about a teacher that came to Hudson Taylor to offer himself for missions in China. Challenge was is he only had one leg, and that would prove to be difficult. So Hudson Taylor said, well, with only one leg, why do you think of going as a missionary? And George Scott's answer was, I don't see those with two legs going. He was accepted because of his heart for the lost and his heart for missions. This morning, I encourage you to be part of what we're doing with missions. To be part of reaching the world for Him, for Christ. Like I said, this is more family business for those that regularly attend. But for any of us that have experienced the love of God, that have experienced the saving power of God, our heart 
is to worship him by, by helping others worship. By helping others worship. I'd like to go back and read Psalm 96 one more time to remind ourselves of our heart for missions. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods and the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. This morning, we also want to celebrate communion together. And communion is a, is a, a wonderful picture as we think about missions, as we think about how are we sharing God with the world. This is a reminder to us to be thankful for what He has done for us. As we worshiped this morning, so many of the songs were just packed with theology. Just packed with theology of who Christ is and what He has done and His desire for the nations. So now as we come to communion, as we take the bread that represents the body of Christ, the body that was broken on the cross in our place as a substitute for us, we take the juice as a symbol of His blood, the blood that was was shed for redemption of our sins in our place. And that is the message that God says His heart is for the world to hear. And as we think about that and as we remember, it's not just about missions and sending, but it might be a remembering that that's what He wants my neighbor to hear. That's what He wants the guy sitting in the cubicle next to me to hear. Maybe it's a family member that doesn't know Christ, which are often the hardest to share with but so desperately need the saving work of Christ. So as we remember and celebrate this morning, I encourage you to be in prayer for someone you know that needs to hear, that needs to know, that needs the joy of a Savior. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, our Father, we thank You for Your cross. We thank You for Your blood that was shed, for Your sacrifice that is unequal. Lord, we thank You for for calling to us and reaching to us when we are dead in our sins and trespasses. Lord, I pray for the world. I pray for those in Libya right now that are running scared, that have lost possibly loved ones already, 
that their whole lives are uprooted. And I pray that as they run, they find places where missionaries are there sharing who you are. And in the midst of incredible tragedy, they will find incredible joy and life everlasting. Lord, I do pray as well for those in Japan. So many have been lost. Lord, this week reading about churches that have been completely wiped out and pastors that can't even find all of their congregation and the pain that is happening there. And Lord, may those believers know that they do not stand alone, that they are part of the church, your church, that we stand with them. Lord, and I pray for them that they would be able to reach out to those in severe need, that even out of their poverty, they will be able to minister to those around them with the greatest gift that they will ever hear. Lord, we pray for all of the other countries, Syria and Tunisia and even Egypt where there's there's uprising again. Lord, yeah, the world to us looks messed up. But I pray that every one of these things are opportunities for for the, the sacrifice and love of your Son to be known. Lord, now... I pray that we would have that in mind as we come to you. That we would remember what you have done for us, but also what you want to do for others. Lord, I pray for my neighbor across the street who needs you. I pray that you would touch him with your gospel through Susie and I. Give us opportunities to go across the street. Lord, may that be what our heart is. Thank you, God, in your name.